Hello, and welcome to a Jew and a Christian walk into some heresy. My name is Elliot Widener, and I am the Jew in this situation. And my name is Megan Gustafson, and I am the Christian in this situation. So yeah, um, this podcast is us trying to re-narrate the Bible in a heretical manner. Um, please don't tell your pastor about us. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I mean, you could if you wanted to. It probably wouldn't end well for us. Yeah, we'd prefer if you didn't. Yeah. Also, don't even mention that this exists to a rabbi. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, um, we're here to re-narrate the Bible, and since it was Easter recently, we're going to try and um, re-narrate the Passion of the Christ, both in canonical and non-canonical texts. Yeah, so, um, so we'll start at the beginning of just Holy Week in general with Palm Sunday. Um, always a good time. <laughs> Who doesn't love a great... <laughs> Palm Sunday thing. I don't know. I don't know. I've never... Like, I don't know. Like, obviously Palm Sunday is important, but to me it's always just kind of like, eh. eh. It's always right before the beginning of Passover, so I feel like I overlook it because Passover. That's important. I just... I have, like, memories that I'm trying to, like, repress because I'm from... I grew up in, like, a Catholic church where we would, like, fold the palms into crosses and I was allergic to them, and so my hands would just break out in hives. But my, but my priest would still be like, no, you must fold these into crosses. And I'm like, why? Yeah. That's terrible. That <laughs> sounds terrible. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the beginning of the Passion. Uh, yeah. We, uh, Jesus Christ is coming to Jerusalem. Because it's Passover. Important. Yeah. Um, and he gets to Bethany, right, which is just outside of um Jerusalem, just a little bit to the northeast, I think. Yeah. And he says to his disciples, okay, bro-hams, bros. I need a donkey. <laughs> yes, I need a donkey, and more specifically, I need a donkey that just had a colt. Which is weirdly specific, but that's just the perfect intro to this week. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Everything's just a little bit weird, it's a little bit specific, a little bit weirdly specific. Yeah. Um, so, the disciples, though, you know, they're good people. They don't question it. They're just like, okay, <laughs> like, yeah. we'll go find you one. So they tootle off. They go find a donkey, and they're like, here, donkey. Just had a colt. The dudes were like, no, you can't have my donkey. But then we're like, the son of God needs it, or the son of man. I forget the exact wording. It was one of those two, and, and then the guy's just like, oh, okay, like, here you go. <laughs> so Anything to get these crazy people off my lawn, probably. <laughs> I mean, that seems reasonable. Any Jewish person ever would have, has had to say that, I yeah. think. Yeah, probably. Um, so at this point, Jesus is like, okay. He gets on the donkey, and he starts going towards Jerusalem. Yeah, and so he gets to the city of Jerusalem, and the crowd is really excited to see him. And so they're, like, throwing, like, everything that they can that would look cool in the wind. <laughs> yes, so their coats are on the ground so that this poor donkey can't walk straight. Yeah. They're throwing palm branches. They're crying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Savior, Savior, like. And then they're just kind of having a mini parade, and the rabbis are not happy about this. Yes. No, we do not like this. We are not happy with the fact that, like, this weird-ass kid from this small, like, fringe sect of rabbis is coming into the town, coming to celebrate Passover. People know he's here. They're excited that he's here. 
Yeah. I don't think anyone is happy about that. I don't think so either. And then so, so like, but he, but he makes it into town and I don't know, he's, they go to like an inn or whatever, just stay for the week. Yeah. Or they like bum off of some guy's couch, just as likely. Yeah. And I mean, these kids are (laughs) what, 29 to 32. They're, they're relatively young. I mean, they're disciples of a rabbi. They're kind of living this high, like this very like spiritually like better than you very elite entitled kind of life of like oh yeah we're kind of like the ancient israelites and moses we just wander the countryside learning about god and like inspiring the people and that's another reason that no one likes them yeah and so so they go and like we don't really hear what they're doing for a few days so like they're just probably doing you know you know the passover thing yeah Cleaning out the leaven, getting the terrible matzah bread, like... Yeah, just all that good stuff. A little bit of bird or root, a little bit of wine that's too sweet for your own good, a little bit of random animal bone, like, gotta got get your Seder. Yeah. And then so, then we get to Thursday night. Rock and roll, <laughs> and everything starts to get weird. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> so we start off with Jesus... Basically saying, okay, friends, I'm going to wash your feet. And they're just kind of, and for the most part, I think they're just still like, okay, this is weird, but all right, whatever, you're a rabbi, we're going to listen to you. But that's another reason why it's so weird is because a rabbi would never wash someone's feet. Yeah. Like you do, you leave that for servants because it's, servants are going to be rather unclean anyway, like. Fine, got it, good. But your rabbi's not really supposed to be washing your feet. Yeah, and pretty pretty sure Peter questions him at this point. Good old Peter. <laughs> Coming in clutch. <laughs> so this is the part of the podcast where we complain about Peter profusely. Yes. AKA- I, I think he, I honestly think he's the least favorite of the disciples. Oh, there's no question. Because I feel like a lot of times Jesus just spends a lot of time going, Peter, I swear to God, knock it off. Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Peter is only good for two things. That yes. is looking <laughs> rather ruggedly handsome, and and this one's debatable based on the passages we're given throughout the Bible. He's good at fishing, maybe a little bit, kind of. Yeah. Um, But, I don't know. I don't really know why Peter, Jesus keeps Peter around, because I feel like he just gets so irritated with Peter. Oh, yeah. And, like, this boy has a temper. Yeah. <laughs> this boy has a temper. Yeah. So it's not like he doesn't need some sort of de-stressor in his life, and Peter isn't helping that. Like, Peter is. Although the... he gets to take out a lot of his aggression on Peter, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Maybe Peter is some sort Maybe of... Maybe that's what Peter is there for. Catharsis? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. But, yeah, so Jesus gets up to Peter, and he's like, I'm going to watch your feet. And Peter's like... No, like, don't wash my feet, man. <laughs> and Jesus is like, I swear to God, I need to wash your feet or you're not eating tonight. <laughs> yep. And so Jesus washes his feet. Yep. They go in. They start eating dinner. And then it gets even more weird. Yeah. So this whole night, Peter's, or not Peter, Jesus has been like, hey, guys, this is, this is the last time you're going to eat with me. <laughs> yes. And, like, he keeps, like, 
dropping not so subtle hints that like, hey, this is all going down. Yeah. Tomorrow. And so he's like, um, I think first he says, uh, one of you is going to betray me. Yeah, which is a casual little, dinner conversation. Uh, which is really, really weird. Like, yeah. Even if you know someone's going to betray you, <laughs> <coughs> the common practice <laughs> is to just kind of ignore the problem. Yeah. Until it happens. But no, 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 no. This boy says, let's just like casually bring it up. At dinner. At dinner. Moreover, at Seder dinner. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, kind of, like, pretend that everything's okay, nothing's weird, or, like... I don't know. I just, like... I don't know. So, and Peter, again, comes in, and he's like, um, so, who's going to do that? Is it going to be me? And she's just like, of course it's not you. <laughs> yeah, um... <The> idiot. <laughs> yes. But Peter persists, because Peter doesn't ever understand. Yeah. And so he, he basically says, well, if it's not me, then nobody can do it. <laughs> Which is another weird <laughs> statement. Yeah, it is a weird kind of sentiment of, like, either it's me or no one. Which suggests Peter's thought about it <laughs> at some point. But then that's okay, because later, because then Jesus is like, Peter, you're not going to betray me, but you are going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And he still, he still does not get it. Like, I feel like Peter thinks to himself, oh, I'm going to deny him before the rooster crows thrice, rather than, like, three times before once. He's like, no, one time before three. Yeah. And Jesus has to say, sit him down and be like, no, 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 no. Three times before one. Yeah. And, like, they have to make this really weird kind of, like, aggressive, like, eye contact to reestablish that Jesus is the dominant in the relationship. Yeah. And and Peter keeps saying, he's like, no, that's not going to happen. I'd lay down my life for you. And Jesus is like, truly, I tell you, which I, th- I just, that sentence, that statement is always just read and just this exasperated. My God, boys, sit down and shut up. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, th- you know how, like, throughout the New Testament, there are, like, key phrases. In Paul, it's the phrase, therefore, like, if you read the phrase, therefore, in any of the epistles, but especially in Paul, you have to go, like, okay, what's this here for? Yeah. In the Gospels, I would argue that it's, I truly, I tell you. Yeah. It's the moment in which we know that there's no turning back. Jesus is done. Either the story It's just like a, no, really, this is happening. Yeah, either the story's just about to finish, or, like... Something bad's about to happen. Or both. Or both. <laughs> Almost always both. Yeah. Because <laughs> Peter, or Jesus, he's pretty blunt a, a lot of time. Yeah, and I think that goes back to the fact that, like, he's a 20 no, a nine-year-old kid. Like, yeah. He's out there. Like, he's out here doing his thing. He doesn't care if he ruffles feathers. Like, God damn it, he is here. <laughs> he's the son of God. He did not come to be both divine and man. Just so that your bullshit could happen. <laughs> yeah. And he makes that pretty clear a lot. <laughs> yes. And so, but this isn't, this still isn't the weirdest part of the dinner, I don't feel. No. Dinner's no. only going to get weirder. <laughs> yes. Um, and so, then they're all, you know, sitting there and they're having dinner and 
Jesus pulls out some bread and wine, and he's like, all right, this this bread is my body, and this blood, this wine is my blood. There we go. That's the right order. Yes. <laughs> and then, and he's just like, now eat it and drink it, and anytime you do that, remember me. And it was just like, wait. <laughs> It's getting weird. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. It's real weird, real quick, and uh, pseudo-cannibalism in the form of transubstantiation is introduced into the faith. Yeah. And, I mean, we still have that today, so... Beautiful. Pseudo-cannibalism. Gotta love it. So remember, kids, anytime you take communion, you are literally eating Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so, is it... It's after this that they're like, okay, we need to change the seat, all right? Because <laughs> this is getting weird. Like, I think it's just time we leave this room now. So they go off to the Garden of Gethsemane, or what mm -hmm. we know as the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. And Jesus is like, all right, I'm going to go away from you and pray, but you all need to stay awake. Yes. And I don't remember what he tells them to do while they're awake, because it's just like... I think it's literally just stay awake and, like, keep watch or something like that. Yep. Yeah. And pray for yourselves, I think, too. Probably. That seems yeah. like a very, like, rabbi-y type thing to say. Like, <laughs> aggressive enough to, to, like, make the point clear, but, like, still reminding you that you are trash and you need to work on yourself. Yeah. And so he wanders, he wanders off to pray and he comes... He comes back, and they're all asleep, and he gets angry and, like, yells at them. Okay. And then wanders away again. And Fair. the same thing happens, like, two more times. Yes. Um, one time he wanders back, and I think he talks to Peter again. Yeah, is this the part where he starts talking about the vine and some branches and how, like, the world is gonna hate them? That sounds about right, yeah. And yada, oh no, no, this is the sermon for the, the garden. So he gives this weird little sermon about some vines and some branches. They toot all yeah. off to Gethsemane. He starts praying. We have this whole back and forth in between the disciples. And he just gets angrier and angrier each time this happens. Yes. And so he tootles off a, a final time to go pray. Yeah. And it's at this point that he's getting, like, he's worked himself up into such a state that, like, he's sweating blood. Um,. Um, and is this the point where he prays that the cup is taken from him? Yeah, where he starts having, like, second thoughts about his role, essentially. He's like, mm, I'm not really sure I want to do this. And, and God's just like, oh, well, you're doing this, and I'm taking a break. So you're, you just got to handle this. <laughs> Which, if, I, at the risk of blasphemy, <laughs> I feel like, there's nothing more Old Testament God than just saying, well, look, I'm more tired of these shits than you are, so you handle it, and I'm going to sit over here and sit, sip some tea while I watch Michael and Lucifer and my other four favorite sons duke it out. <laughs> yeah, that does sound about right. Um, and I know, like, we'll get into that later with non-canonical ones, but that's what, I think that might be where the Gospel of Bartholomew fits in, because it is just a lot of angry angel talk, essentially. Yes. It's, there's one thing you can always <laughs> count on when it comes to angels and the Old Testament God, and that is just anger. Yeah. A lot of anger. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of regret in, like, just their simple creation. Yeah. And God's just like, why? 
Why did I do this to myself? Just, yeah. Just why? So, I think um, we also have to backtrack a little bit, because we need to talk about what happens with Judas. Because in yeah. this whole garden process, he has not been there with us. Right. Judas has wandered off to, like, go, like, wake up the high priest and, like, um, some of the temple guards and some Roman soldiers and the rabbis and the chief priests. And he's like, all right, guys, it's go time. Which is an amazing feat. Because here comes this weird-ass Galilean kid at what we can only presume is maybe midnight. Yeah. At the earliest. I think that's a safe assumption. And he comes in and he's like, okay. Ananias, Caiaphas, Pharisees, Sanhedrin, shit ton of Romans. Look, it's go time. <laughs> yeah. I promised you this dude, and you need to pay me. And they pay him a shit ton of money. Yeah. Like, a lot of money. Yeah, he gets like 30 pieces of silver. Yeah, it's just a shit ton of money. Yeah. But... And then, and then, and like, you manage to just like, wake him up, and like, we don't... We don't hear a lot of Judas's perspective, yeah. but, like, I don't know, it doesn't sound like he runs into any trouble, because, I mean, this whole thing from the from the Last Supper to Jesus's death on the cross happens in less than 24 hours. Oh, yeah. And it takes approximately 8 to 12 hours to yeah. um, get rid of a, um, get rid of someone by crucifying them. Yeah. So, like, it's a, it's not an easy feat. No, like it it take it's it's impressive really how quickly this all happens. Yes. So Especially cuz you consider like Passover's ending, right? So mm -hmm. like they can't really do anything until Passover's like officially over. And that happens at midnight on this particular day. Yeah. But and then they also have to be done by sundown Friday. Yes, which means that Passover is <laughs> done, but they're on the verge of Sabbath. So they have to, they have to be really quick about this. Yeah, because they can't interrupt any of those two times. But then they also just have to get everything ready so they don't do any work the next day either. Yes. So it's, it's an impressive <laughs> kind of feat. Um, and I mean, props to Judas. I feel like this entire situation just proves to us again that um, Judas really is the t the brains behind this operation. I think that's safe to say, yeah. <laughs> he handles the money, he handles the game plan, he deals with the other 11 shits that <laughs> Jesus has, like, stuck him with. Yeah. And really before this, this kind of whole, like, segment of when he says, okay, Jesus is crazy, we don't really have any problems with Judas. No, like, he's just kind of there, he's doing his own thing, and, like, I don't think he's really even mentioned in any of the Gospels until this point. Yeah, he's mentioned of, like, he's mentioned when we first meet the Twelve Disciples, and he's mentioned at the Passion of the Christ, but, like, he does not cause too much trouble. Yeah, like, he's just kind of there, like, taking it all in. Yeah. And, like, all of a sudden he's like, alright, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> so, so, the... <laughs> the, See? Yeah, we're in the garden. <laughs> yeah, we're in the garden. Jesus is done praying, and here comes Judas. And Judas is like, alright, 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 like Roman soldiers, priests, dudes, whatever. Bros. Bros. <laughs> I'm going to go kiss my rabbi. Yeah. And then you're going to arrest him. Yeah. And he does that, and Peter, of course, freaks out again. Yes. Good old Peter. 
and he chops someone's ear off. Which I mean, he chops the servant, the high priest's servant's ear oh off. God, yeah, this he just kind of, I mean, and that's that's problematic because this is an important dude. Yeah, and like John gives us a name of this servant, so like you must be like a pretty important servant. Yeah, um, because he's not. It's not just random servant. It's like. <laughs> The high priest's servant whose name was Malchus. <laughs> yeah, so it's very likely that this servant is the guy that, like, goes ahead of the high priest and is, like, now announcing the high priest Caiaphas, ruler of all Judea, protector of the faith, leader of the tribe of Levi, la, 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 la. So, like, I mean, on the list of things that you shouldn't do in a situation like this, this was probably number two or three. Yeah, probably. And, like... Peter's freaky now, and Jesus is actually, he's actually pretty calm, because um, he knows what's happening, and he's just like, I'm, he's like, I already told you I'm Jesus, like, I'll go with you, just let my disciples go. Yeah. Um, and so it's at this point, and I'm going to bring in the Gospel of Mark here, that some random kid, who's not really mentioned in any other Gospel but Mark, and not named in the Gospel of Mark. Just kind of runs yeah. in stark naked. And what we can presume is... It's Mark. <laughs> we can presume it's John Mark, but we can also presume that he's drunk off his ass. Yeah, like he, I think that's fair to say. He got, he got, he had too much manischewitz at Seder, and now he's decided to do something completely crazy. And at this point, Jesus is probably a little bit like, please just, just take me a little quicker, would you? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't want, I'm done with this. <laughs> and so the Romans take him, the uh, disciples disperse, and... And Peter Peter follows him. Yeah, Peter gets a little bit creepy. Yeah. And I feel like this is the point at which we, we have confirmed, no question, that Jesus is Peter's man crush, if not his boyfriend. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair to say, because Peter, like, follows them to the temple, and, like, he's creeping in windows and such, I think. Yeah! So and, like, these servants keep coming up to him, and they're like, Are you Peter? Are you one of the disciples? No. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, Jesus is taken to the palace of Annas, who's the high, like, the active high priest. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the son of a former high priest called Caiaphas, who's not the nicest dude in all of Jewish high priestly history. Yeah. Um, and so the, he's on trial in front of this body called the Sanhedrin, which is this council of all of the major rabbis and priests. Pretty intimidating bunch. Yes. <laughs> and Jesus is very non-committal with his answers. I, like, he's giving some terrible answers here. Are you the king of the Jews? You say I am. Like, that's the answer you give a professor when you haven't done the reading. Yeah. Like, maybe we don't give it to the son of one of the most deadly high priests ever. Maybe that's not our best choice, but this is fine. But that's the choice he makes, and so, you know, the story keeps going. (laughs) Yes, and it's at this point that Peter starts denying him quicker and faster. Yeah. And, like, one of the servants comes up to him and it says that he's, like, a relative of the ser- of the guy whose ear Peter cut off. Which and, is... And, like, he's like, I think I saw you in the garden, which is code for, hey, <laughs> you cut off my bro's ear. <laughs> yeah. And Peter's like, no, that wasn't me. 
As he's, like, probably hiding his, like, sword. Yes. And then, yes, it's at this point now that he hears the rooster crow. Yeah, and he starts crying because he's like, oh, like, Jesus was right. Whoops. (laughs) So the rooster's crowed, which means that Romans will probably start getting up within the hour. So it's it's now at which the Sanhedrin starts acting quick. Yeah. Because they're like, all right, like, Sabbath is coming. (laughs) Yes. Um, Sabbath is coming. It's sunrise. Let's go get these. So it's like 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning at this point. Yep. So they kind of trudge down to what is the Roman quarter of Jerusalem. And they start banging on Pilate's door until someone's like, oh, shit. (laughs) We had that meeting this morning. Fling open the doors. Only to discover it's the Sanhedrin with this guy that they're like, can you put him on trial, like, right now? And you have to imagine (laughs) that the servants of this place have seen some shit. I mean, Pilate's the the governor of all Judea. Judea's not really... How do I put this nicely? It's not... It's kind of a shit show. It's not really, like, the most hospitable place ever for a governor. It's a very Mm -hmm. hostile, volatile region. Yeah. Kind of like modern Judea. I didn't say that. Um, (laughs) um, Not wrong, though. (laughs) That's a different story, though. Yes. Um, So, like, you have to imagine that these servants are like, oh, not again. Not these shits. Please. It's five in the morning. We haven't even woken him up yet. And, they're, and like, they're like, okay, it's your turn to go in the door. <laughs> yeah, so they go get Pilot. <laughs> and I feel like Pilot is just so done at this point. Like, you can tell there have been other altercations just with the way that he happens to address and talk to these people. Yeah. And Pilot's like, and he's like, fine, whatever, just like, bring him in. Like, I don't care at this point. Like, yes. Like, it's early in the morning. I haven't had my coffee. <laughs> just just whatever it takes to get this done quicker. Yes, very true. <laughs> Especially since Pilot's like, I, he's like, he's like, he's just, he's just being annoying. Like, there's no problem. Like, we don't have a problem with Jesus. He's not actually doing anything illegal. He's just being annoying. <laughs> yes. And, like, he legitimately asks them, like, Okay, friends, what, like, what, what are the charges? What do you think he did? And the priests give such a non-committal <laughs> answer of, like, if you weren't a criminal, would we ask you to put him on trial? <laughs> and you just, you just have to feel bad for the kid. Yeah, and Pilate's just like, oh, whatever, like, I'll talk to him. Yes, so he talks to him, and Jesus gives even more non-committal answers than he did with the high priests. Yeah. But, I don't know, Pilate seems pretty amused by his answers, though. <laughs> He's just like, alright, this kid's got an attitude, I like this, it's something new. <laughs> yeah, it's very, yeah, it's a very, like, I feel like the whole, like, attitude very much plays the whole, like, Roman kind of, like, machismo, like, I'm not gonna answer your questions type deal. <laughs> yeah. And, like, Pilate's like, okay, I can respect this. Yeah. I will respect this. Yeah. And so... Pilate recommends to the rabbis and stuff. He's like, uh, he's like, so like, I know you want to crucify him and all, but like, 
I don't know, it's Passover. We we release one person anyway. I really think you should just release this guy. And they're like, no. <laughs> so he brings out the most crooked person <laughs> he could bring out. It's this dude called Barabbas. He's a mass murderer, serial rapist. Um, I've read some accounts where um, they think he is also, you know, um, he he's genuinely a psychopath and has been taking trophies. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, it's, it's a solid, like, you should not let this man go. Yeah. And yet... And yet, here we are, releasing Barabbas into the city. Yes. Um, and that was our choice. We chose Barabbas out of anyone we could possibly and you, choose. And you gotta think, at this point, Pilate's just like, are you kidding me? Like, is this really what's happening? But whatever. And so Pilate's like, hey, guess what? I'm not actually in charge of this boy. <laughs> so he, like, washes his hand. He's like, you know, ah, never mind. Fine, do whatever you want. Um, and so they have him whipped. Mm-hmm. They, the Roman soldiers, because they're Romans, and therefore petty as fuck, um, <laughs> decide to... <laughs> basically play this game with him where they're like, okay, we're going to like do this weird little dicey thing. We're going to split up all his clothes. We're going to put a purple robe on him then. And we're going to make him a crown of thorns, which this is still like, this is still probably 5.30 or 6 in the morning. Yeah. By now. And they're like, guys, let's make a crown of thorns. Because like, you got to imagine, I'm guessing they don't have that laying around. Yeah, no, they have to go out. <laughs> Find some thorns. Like, this is truly, in true Roman fashion, yeah. they have to be this petty and vindictive. Because yeah. he woke them up before six. Yeah. And so, like, they're taking all, and, like, it's, like, this isn't Jesus' fault that they're waking the Romans up at six, but they're taking it out on him. Yeah, he's gonna die anyway, so why the fuck not? <laughs> exactly. And so, and so, um... So they put him in a purple robe, and they make him a nice little sign that says, you know, all hail the king of the Jews. <laughs> yep. And they're like, and they're pretty much mocking him, and they're like, hey, so, um, so this cross of yours that you're going to get crucified on, yeah, you're going to be the one who carries it up the hill, too. <laughs> yes. And this isn't just, like, a little hill. Like, <laughs> this is called the place of the skull. Like, yeah. in Aramaic, it's, it's Golgotha, like. You have to, just from a name like Golgotha, you have to assume that it's not just like a small thing. Well, and the Romans don't mess around with their executions either. They want people to know that you, they're executing someone. So you gotta imagine it's at like the top of a pretty high hill, so that way like the city can see it. Yeah, and I mean, this is Jerusalem. <laughs> Jerusalem is built on two mountains. Yeah. So like, this has to be a pretty high place for the majority of the city to see it. Yeah. And so, like, and they're just like, hey, you're going to carry this, even though we've just spent, like, the last half hour whipping you. Yeah, like... Like, you're you're carrying this up the mountain. And so he, like, kind of trudges along for a while, and at some point, he's lost so much blood that he can't do it anymore. Yeah, and so they pull poor Joseph of Arimathea out of the crowd. And it just, it, it to some extent, it boggles my mind, because, like... You just, I'm just, I'm not convinced that Romans aren't drunk all the time. I mean, I think it's a pretty safe bet that they are. I mean, 
there's evidence that suggests the water is not necessarily safe because they also bathe in it. They baptize people in it. <laughs> yeah. And like they do all other kinds of stuff in the water, and so and they're just and so they're probably like. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't drink this water. So they drink wine, like, all the time. <laughs> yes, it's fair. <laughs> and so they're like, so it's a good chance everyone's at least a little drunk all, all the, the time. time. <laughs> Which explains half of the things that happen in the Bible, specifically yeah. the New Testament. Yeah. I mean, and they're Romans, like... Yeah, they're Romans. Like, Romans like their wine. Yes, very true. There's a lot of evidence from a lot of different points in history that agrees with that. Yes. So they pulled poor Joseph of Arimathea. Who is not a poor man. Like, I'm not really sure why they're enforcing Joseph to, like, do this. He's probably a very wealthy farmer, very wealthy um, landowner. Like, just based on his description of his physicality and, like, what he's wearing, he's probably a pretty wealthy man. Probably. There's also evidence that suggests that, like, he and Mary, Mother of God, are, like, best friends. Yeah. And, like, and they're decided that he's going to carry the cross the rest of the way, and he's just like, um, Um, uh, okay. This is nice. I like death and dying. (laughs) This is a good decision to come to Jerusalem Passover this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although there isn't, yeah, I mean... Joseph of Arimathea is a kind of a weird character because he's he's named like obviously the Arimathea is a place. Yeah. But we have evidence that he owns things in Jerusalem. Arimathea is in like Upper Samaria, kind of lower Galilee. Yeah. Like why is this boy owning stuff <laughs> in Jerusalem? When his name specifically says he's from, like, the Lower Galilee area. Yeah, because, like, that's just, that is what he's referred to every time he's talked about. It's just, it's Joseph of Arimathea. Yeah. And, like, even in non-canonical gospels, like, they don't talk about him as Joseph Bar someone. He's always Joseph of Arimathea. Yeah, and so, like, that's a pretty, that's what, it must be one of his, like, crucial character points is that he's, he's from, from Arimathea. We... <laughs> <laughs> A little bit weird of a kid. Like, I don't know. I don't know. So they get up to the top of this mountain after this rich dude has basically dragged Jesus up a mountain, bleeding. But in a pretty short time span, because they probably ex- put Jesus up on the cross by like seven, seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, they had to because yeah. like um, the consensus is that he's dead by three. Yeah. So and so, it's you can assume he's up there by like seven thirty at the latest. Yeah, because it takes eight to twelve hours to kill someone, and from what we know, Jesus dies in record time. Yeah. So like, and so, <laughs> so he's up there, and like Jesus's mother's up there. His mother's sister, who's also named Mary, is up there. Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. <laughs> so like, it's just a party of Marys. Yeah. Oh, did we talk, um, the disciple that Christ loves is also uh, up there. Yep, he's up there too. Um, he's never specifically named, but I think you can basically guess it's John, because John's the only one who ever says the disciple whom he loves. Yeah, and I mean, like, if you ever need a good biblical call-out, you have to turn <laughs> to John. Yeah. So, like, I feel like John, in using that title for himself, is probably just assuring us that, like, he and Jesus were BFFs. Like, yeah. 
they were the most bff of ever, any BFFs. <laughs> because like, the disciples are all pretty petty people. And they, yes. And they are always trying to, like, not really outdo one another, but be like, hey, I'm closer to Jesus than you are. Yes. And, like, no one ever really disputes the fact that, like, Jesus and John are BFFs. Yeah. They're just, like, they're kind of like, okay, fine, you win. It's like everyone else is trying for second place at this point. Yes. And second place doesn't even go to Peter. <laughs> no, Peter's probably, I would say Peter's definitely in the bottom half. Yeah, I would argue that... It, his position probably fluctuates. <laughs> based on the day. I would argue that because Jesus trusts Judas enough with the, like, strategic, important kind of day-to-day business matters that Judas is number two. Probably. So, like, we have a solid, like, top two that you have to contend with. Like, yeah. you're, at this point, you're going for third, and no one ever hits third. No. <laughs> the rest of them are all just tied for last. <laughs> yes. Oh, goodness. So, yes. At so, th- they're all up there, and Jesus, uh, you know, traditional Jesus, he's got to make his last, he's got to make some sort of sassy statement. He's like, he tells his mother, woman, behold your son. Yeah. I mean, I feel and bad. It's like, wow, Jesus. Mary, mother of God, must, like, the more I read about him, the more I believe that Mary, mother of God, truly was immaculately conceived. Yeah. Like, this woman is a saint. She has to yeah. deal with Jesus. Um, if you've ever read the book of Jude, that is Jesus' brother Jude. Um, she has to deal with him. And from what we've read, he was also a, po- a problem child. <laughs> Yeah, I think a problem child is a good way to describe Jesus. It's like, like Mary must have been a saint because she deals with Joseph, as we see in the beginning of almost every book. She deals with Jesus. She deals with all the all of Joseph's children. I mean, it's safe to assume she deals a lot with the disciples too. Yeah, like the disciples are kind of to some extent like her other kids and her other kids like she's dealing with them like she's this, a dead mother <laughs> she's she is t- by no means not a saint yeah this woman is yeah like he just needs to stop sassing this poor woman <laughs> yeah and then yeah and then so at this point john like takes mary away because he's like all right like we don't need to deal with this <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're going to act this way. <laughs> to my favorite human being, we're leaving. Yeah, and they do leave. Yeah, they do. And so in the Gospel of John, we don't really get anything else up until, um, if, I don't know, John must wander back in t- just in time for his death. Yeah. Because they're probably like, mm, all right, like, like, yeah, we're mad at him, but like, he is being crucified right now. Like, we should We should probably go deal with that. Yeah. So, in true Jewish fashion, we have to take some time to be a little bit petty, and then toodle on back to, like, actually care about the situation. Yeah. Um, and so, Jesus is, he's like, I'm thirsty, and so the Romans give him some sour wine, and then after they, like, give him a little sponge full of wine, he's like, alright, I'm done. I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. And then he dies. And then he dies. And we, from what I've read, he doesn't die by the normal, like, lung-exploding... 
I don't think so. No, he's just he's just like, all right, I'm out. Yeah, like, he, and that's it. He just dies. Yeah, and the Romans are kind of like, bro, like this is anticlimactic. We were waiting for some <laughs> solid lung explosion. God damn it! But never fear, though, the Romans are about to get their whole like taste of weird. <laughs> so, it's at this point that the weirdness like cranks up to like. Old Testament God levels. Yeah, because God's probably come back from his tea break at this point. He's like, all right, I should check it on the situation. Oh, crap. Well, that worked out lovely. And so now he provides this lovely little earthquake. Um, and an eclipse. And an eclipse. From, like, what we, like, modern science plus, like, biblical interpretation, eclipse. Yeah. So it gets dark. There's an earthquake. The curtain in the temple rips. Yeah. A little bit weird there. Yeah. So, like... And every, at this point, all the Romans are like, um, I think we made a mistake, guys. Like, he was actually God. Whoops. 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 No one tells Caesar. <laughs> Which doesn't work out that well, because Caesar learns eventually, Pilate gets killed. And Caesar, like, arrests. Slash kills everyone he can get his hands on. Yep. In true Roman fashion. Doesn't matter, doesn't really matter what side they were on. Like, Caesar's just like, alright. Death. <laughs> Wiping, I'm just eliminating this, the problem. Yep. So we, like, he's dead. The Romans, like, realize, oh shit, he was actually God. No one tells Caesar. And then they start on the weird Roman thing. Of, like, in order to get him off the cross... Well, first they need to, they want to make sure he's dead. So, okay. na naturally, to make sure he's dead, they stab him. Yes. With a spear. <laughs> yes. And a waterfall comes out of him, essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which yeah. is weird and scary. Water should not be flowing out of the human body after crucifixion. No. I mean, I don't really feel like in any situation, after you, you stab a dead body, I don't feel like a bunch of water would be coming out. Unless maybe they drowned. Okay, that's fair. I'm not an expert, but... <laughs> <laughs> but... I don't know that from experience. <laughs> but, to some extent, like, yeah. Yeah. That's a little bit weird. Yeah. Anyway, so, in true Roman fashion, they're like, alright, let's stab him, make sure he's really dead. Because if he's not dead, he's going to, like, cry. Or scream. Or die. Or die. Um, but he's, but he's like, actually dead at this point, so they're like, okay. And so they go to, like, take him off the cross and, like, they're supposed to, like, break his legs. Yep. It's probably the easiest way to get someone off of a cross. It's essentially the only way to get someone off a cross. Yeah. And, but his legs don't break. Well, or they just, like, repair themselves after they get him off. Yeah. Not really sure what happens there. Something and, like, divine. it's around 3, it's probably more like 3.30, 3.45 by the time they actually get around to taking him off of the cross. Yes. Um, so, sundown's coming pretty quickly. Yes. It's still a little bit weirdly dark, but, like... And so, they're not, probably not entirely sure when sundown's coming down, but they're like, okay, like, we need to do something with this body because sundown's coming, Sabbath is almost here. And yes. we can't touch this body once the Sabbath comes. So Jer Joseph of Arimathea, who is Mary's BFF, and they've been planning this whole weird thing for a while now, is like, okay, let me have the body. I have a brand new tomb. 
I have the spices ready to, like, this, prepare it. Spices ready. He let us, like, prepare him for three day, like this three-day time period. We'll stick him in the tomb for a while. We'll come back after the Sabbath. We'll say Kaddish. We'll, we'll yeah. pray a little bit. Like, it... It'll be, it'll be fine. It'll be fine and good. And the Romans are like, yeah, just just take this. We don't want to deal with this anymore. This body's weird. It's got voodoo magic. <laughs> and I feel like Pilate at this point is like, oh my god, yes, just take it. Fix the situation. I don't deal care with it. what you do with it at this point. <laughs> but to some extent, the Pharisees are like, no, 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 no. What if, what if you? They seem to be really concerned that either someone's going to steal the body or. Yes. Maybe that he's going to, like, become a zombie because they're like, let's put a giant rock in front of this tomb. Yeah, and, like, this isn't your average Sunday school rock of, like... It's a nice little round stone that you can just casually, like, roll over. No, no, no. This is a... This is a boulder. Yeah. This is a boulder. It requires six to seven very buff, very Roman, like, soldiers to, like, move this rock. Yeah. And then they, like, seal it. It's like, if the seal, like, with the Roman government seal, so if that's broken, they know someone snatched the body. Yeah, because, you know, the rock, because everyone can move the rock, no yes. problem. Yes. And so, they, get, they, like, prepare it so that way they can leave it alone for, like, 36 hours or so. Yep. Um, and then they go and, like, do the Sabbath thing. Yes. Um, and then, bright and early, the day after the Sabbath, Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb. Yes. And sees that the stone has been rolled away. Yes. It's rolled away. It's not there anymore. Um, and so she goes and gets good old Peter. And John. Yeah, and this, John. This, this is... The part of the story that gets really interesting and very, very petty. <laughs> yeah. And so they're running back. John makes it very clear he gets there first. Yes. Very clear. <laughs> like, he takes several sentences to remind us that he got there first. He didn't go in first because he realizes that, like, you can't just... You can't just walk into a tomb. Yeah. But he gets there before Peter does. But Peter... And then... So Peter goes in first... And because Peter is Peter, yeah, honestly, yeah. So Peter goes in and he doesn't see a body anywhere. He sees the linen cloth all nicely folded up and like just kind of chilling there. Mm -hmm. And then John, it says John goes in, but he probably more like peeks his head in. He's like, okay, there's no one, <laughs> no one's here. Like he's not here. So they leave. Yeah, because I don't know. I feel like that's your natural reaction. Is you're like, oh. Okay, there's no body here. Um, I'm, I'm just going to go home. <laughs> there's nothing I can do right now. Yeah, um, but Mary stays. Yes. And these two angels come up, and in, Trish, in, in classic angel fashion, they're like, woman, why are you crying? <laughs> because, and here's why. This is my personal <laughs> thoughts on this. Angels have been in the presence of the creator for nigh on 2,000 years now. Yeah. They've gotten to the point where they just understand that God is very matter-of-fact. He's very to the point, very yeah. straightforward, very kind of um, blunt. Yeah. And so they equally 
kind of become just very, very blunt. Yeah. <laughs> Not recognizing just that maybe when we have crying women, maybe, woman, why are you crying? It's not our best option of how to address the situation. Yeah. And so she's like, well, I don't know where Jesus went. And she turns around and she sees who she thinks is the gardener. <laughs> I love it. Whenever you get confused, here's a pro tip. If you ever get into a situation like this, where you're just a little bit confused, you've lost a body, and that body just kind of reappears to you, always pretend it's the gardener first. It makes it seem a little bit less creepy, one. Yeah. And two, you're not insulting a zombified corpse. Yeah. And then so she doesn't know where it, she doesn't know it's Jesus. And Jesus is also just like, woman, why are you crying? <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know what it is with this boy, but like, you know. Yeah. And then she's just like, alright, what'd you get with him? You probably had something to do with this. <laughs> Which, I mean, in fairness, he did. Yeah, I mean... He did have something to do with it. So, like, he then tries to rationally explain to her that it, he is Jesus. By just going, Mary! <laughs> yeah. And... And she's like, oh, she's like, it, it, it's Jesus. Like, yeah. teacher! <laughs> yes. Yeah. So like, and he's like, don't, and he's like, don't cling to me, woman. Like, I'll come back, but I'm leaving for a few days again. Yeah, like, I just need some alone time. <laughs> I just died, Mary. Like, give me some space. Yes. It's just, he is such a problematic face. <laughs> yeah. And so he, and so he just leaves, but Mary Magdalene also leaves, and she goes back to the disciples, and she's like, I have seen the Lord. And they're like, Psh. Honey, you you hopped up on something. You're hysterical, Mary. Please sit down. But she's not. And like eight or nine days later, they're in a locked room, praying to God that the Sanhedrin does not find them. Yep. And Jesus just shows up. He's like, hey, y'all. Peace. And at this point, you can only imagine the amount of screaming. And I'm not sure if it's joyful screaming, like fearful screaming, but it's like this group of young men all in a room. You're like, best friend comes back. And he's just like, peace. Like, rock and roll. <laughs> How are y'all? And so they're like, yes! And then they feed him. Yeah. And then he leaves. Yep. And then, um, I guess one thing we should mention is there's only 11 disciples there. Yes. Thomas it, or ten, I guess, because Judas probably isn't there either. Well, yeah. Um, that poor boy. Yeah. So Thomas isn't there, and so yeah. and so the like Thomas comes wandering back because I don't know maybe they sent him to go pick up the groceries for the day or whatever. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> and I'm not really sure where he was, and he comes back, and they're all like, "Bro, you missed it! Like Jesus was here." And Thomas is like, "Okay, y'all have been in this room too long." <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, okay, well, if I can touch the weird parts of him <laughs> that were, like, stabbed a bunch. Yeah. Like, I'll believe. Yeah. And so, another eight days goes by, and the disciples are once again chilling inside a locked room with Thomas this time. I mean, I feel like this is just a trend we have to address. 
<laughs> like, just in the Bible as a whole. If you ever get worried about anything, lock the doors. Yep. Just lock the doors. It will make you feel better. Yeah. So. And so, and Jesus comes back, and again, he's like, peace. And, and then he's like, Thomas, come on, get over here. <laughs> and so he lets Thomas touch the weird stabbed parts of him. And Jesus calls him out. He's like, blessed are those who have not seen, but still believed. And he leaves again. Yep. And, like, in this time, the, a lot happens. He appears to 2,000 people. Um, he... He, um... I think he tells... He basically tells Peter he's going to be in charge of his church. <laughs> During this time, too. Yes, which, I mean, okay. Which is a, which is weird. Yeah, it is a little bit. Like, look, I get that he's divine and all, but why Peter? <laughs> like. I mean, that's the weird part, I think. It's because, I don't know, I feel like he doesn't like Peter that much. And yet he's like, all right, Peter. Maybe it's because Peter's, I mean, you gotta give it to Peter. He's the most dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I wouldn't. <laughs> dedication does not. I don't know. I just have an emotional problem with that. But, like, I understand why he... Like, I understand the argument. Yeah. And so, then, after 40... It's, like, 40 days after... He's, um, he, after he's resurrected, mm -hmm. Jesus is like, alright, I'm gone for good this time. I'll be back later. Like... Indeterminable time. <laughs> the only person who knows it is, um, the Lord God Almighty. Um, but don't worry, you'll, you'll know when it's happening. <laughs> yes. And so he toodles on back to heaven. Yeah. And it's at this point that we have to close up the canonical part of our... Yeah. ...our research. And we get to go into the fun stuff. So, we're gonna start... We have three, um, we're not going to cover all of the Gospels. Uh, not... Like the entirety of this gospel piece, we're gonna try and summarize quick. Yeah. But we're going to like try and talk about the Gospel of Bartholomew, the Gospel of Nicodemus, and also the um, Gospel of Judas. Yeah. So I think we'll start with the Gospel of Nicodemus because it's like it's the least out there, and it just kind of fills in some of the parts that yes. are left out of. The so, canonical gospels. an important bit of backstory about um, Nicodemus. He is a rabbi who is from the uh, Pharisaical sect. I'm pretty sure he's like pals with Joseph of Arimathea. Too. Yes, um, and the Pharisees are kind of like mm, upper middle class rabbis. Yeah, they're very pious. They're kind of annoying, um, and. In modern times, they don't really exist. Because everyone just, after 72 AD, we were all just kind of like, look, you fucked it up for the rest of us. Go away. And they proceeded to. Mm -hmm. um, and Nicodemus, I believe either Luke or Matthew talks about the fact that Nicodemus is there. He's buddies with Joseph of Arimathea. He I, think helps it, him out. I think it's, I think two or three of them. Yeah. The canonical gospels mention him as being there. Yes. Um, and so... Nicodemus fills in kind of like in between parts because he must he must be buddies with like Anias, one of the officers who's an officer of the guard, as mm -hmm. he specifies. Um, so he must be buddies with them, and he like basically interviews him about like Pilate's perspective on everything. Ooh, that's cool. 
And so Pilate is, he's like, first it's talking about just the chief priests, um, Annas and Caiaphas, and then some of the guards, and Judas is there as well. Okay. And they're talking about, like, and they're trying to get Pilate to, like, put him on trial. And Pilate's like, what has he done? And they're just like, he's a sorcerer, he's Beelzebub, he deals with evil spirits, he casts out demons. And Pilate's like, do you have evidence of this? Like, I don't think this is happening, guys. And yes. they're like, nope, it is. And so he's like, fine, whatever, just bring him over here. Bring him gently, because Nicodemus specifies, he says, let, let Jesus be brought with gentleness. Yeah. And the, the Jewish people are very upset by this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, this is not okay. Um, and so he's there, they're like, so they go through like the whole like little trial thing of Jesus. And um, the Jewish people, it said, they keeps reiterating that the Jewish people are trying to convince Pilate that he's a sorcerer. Yes. Um, which... I don't know, I think that's kind of interesting that, like, I don't know, they left that out of the, the canon, but it makes more sense, because uh, mm -hmm. they had to come up with something, like, put him before Pilate. Yeah, and um, from the version that I'm reading, it does call it the Acts of Pilate. Mm -hmm. So it's most likely an official Sanhedrin transcript for what's happening, so yeah. it's very likely that they didn't put this in the canon because it doesn't have a lot of mysticism to it. It's literally just a document about this trial. That's true. Because I think that is mostly what it is. And, like, it's mostly with Pilate. And then Pilate and Nicodemus are chatting. So I guess Nicodemus is pretty high up there. Mm -hmm. And Pilate's mad about the situation. Yes. And he's, he's he's getting fed up with the Jewish people in general. Well, I mean, can we blame him? <laughs> and so, and the Jewish people are, are just, now they've switched, they've switched from sorcerer to he's claiming to be king, and we are not going to recognize a king who is not Caesar. Yeah. Which is very interesting, because <laughs> at this point, everybody hates the Roman occupation of Judea. Especially yeah. the Sanhedrin. So the fact that they are arguing that, no, 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 no. We have to have a king, it's going to be Caesar. Caesar. <laughs> yeah, which is weird, because Jesus is from the line of David, and he is from the tribe of Judea, and we love genealogies, so it's not like we don't, they don't know that he is a son of David. Yeah, and so... And so eventually that's what Jesus is convicted of, of being a false king. And there, and Pilate is still, like, not happy, and... And it's at this point where we get the statement from the, John, the Gospel of John, where the Jews say, if he wasn't wicked, we wouldn't have brought you to him. Yeah. So, like, we've kind of, like, it definitely does mesh up. With yeah. the canonical gospels. Mm -hmm. It does. Um, and then then we go back into like the gospels where like we have like the actual crucifixion, we have Joseph of Arimathea taking the body and preparing it, and they're still not very happy about it. And then at this point, at some point the the Jewish people, um, I'm not really sure when this part fits in, 
But they basically, they arrest Joseph. Of Arimathea. Yeah, of yeah, Arimathea. And it must be that same day because they, they're like, okay, the Sabbath is coming. Mm-hmm. But it must be like right before sundown. Because they're like, the hour forbids us to do anything against you. So they're like, we don't have time to do anything. So they put him in a locked room. <laughs> yes. Locked rooms, dude. They're yeah. like really handy. Yeah, and they're and they get up like really early to talk in, in the synagogue about how just how exactly they're going to kill Joseph. Yep. Um, but then when they go to like actually kill him, he's not there anymore. He's also disappeared from his locked room. Yep. And they're like, "Well, crap! Like, we're running into some serious security issues here, people." <laughs> I am not a hundred percent convinced that. Um. At the point in which Jesus resurrects and, like, leaves Mary Magdalene, God isn't like, okay, friends, time to have a powwow. And so he gets, like, the head saints on board this ship, Joseph of Arimathea, Mary, mother of God, and obviously his son, his fave problematic kid. (laughs) Yeah. Scoops him up and is like, okay, listen. Well, and I think Joseph of Arimathea, he, a couple times he mentions that Michael's there, too. Oh, great. I love it. My yeah. favorite archangel. He's yeah. an absolute dick. But he's there, too. And I'm pretty sure. And then so. So they're there. And they're trying to figure out what all's happened. And they're trying to figure out. And the Romans and the Jewish people are trying to figure out how they feel about the situation. <laughs> Cause, yeah. Because they're like, okay, guys. Let's take a step back and acknowledge that some weird stuff has happened here the past four days. And let's figure out what we need to do about this. Yeah. And so, eventually, Joseph comes back. Yes. He wandered in, like, he comes back to talk to, like, Pilate and the rest of the priests. Mm-hmm. Which might not be his greatest decision. But they're like, okay, like, if you promise to tell us the entire truth, we'll let you go. And he's like, okay, that's fair. And he's like, and they're like, how'd you get out of that, that room? And so Joseph says that Jesus's first appearance is to himself. And Jesus lets him out of the room. Yeah, he, he literally says, then I looked upon him and said, Rabbi Elias, he answered me, I am not Elias, but Jesus of Nazareth, whose body thou didst, didst layest. Like, yeah. <laughs> what? Like, yeah. first of all, look, can't you just keep your normal shape and not be hard to deal with? You would think. And, um, um, and there's, there's also a really interesting point here where Joseph thinks that Jesus is a ghost at first, and he starts, like, screaming the Ten Commandments at him. Because <laughs> apparently that's how you get a phantom to go away. Yeah, that's definitely how you do it. <laughs> and so, and Phantoms. Jesus is like, what are you doing? Phantoms don't like Ten Commandments. Don't yeah. you know this? I did not know that. And then so, Joseph, once he's determined that it's not a phantom, obviously it's Elijah. <laughs> yeah. Rabbi Elias. Yeah. And then he's like, please, stop. He's like, it's me. Like, you just saw me a couple days ago, man. <laughs> yeah. But, like, Joseph of Arimathea, may the Lord bless him, obviously is still, like, in the mortal realm. 
he's like... He's probably a bit in shock at this point. Yes. And so, like, he sees Jesus, and Jesus takes him back to his own house in Arimathea. Yeah. Beautiful and good. Yeah. Pure. Um, I think it's... I want to say it was written somewhere, too, that, like, Michael helps him get there, or... I'm pretty sure Michael comes into the story at some point. I bet we keep him out of it. (laughs) Yeah, probably. So, yeah, and then there's... And so they're the synagogue. They're at the synagogue, and he, Joseph is retelling all of this. And then, and so they're like, they're trying to catch him in a lie. And so they're like, okay, like you say he helped you out of this room. Fine, we killed him Friday. Where was he between Friday and then? Yeah. But don't worry, because Jesus has told Joseph where he was, and Jesus descended into hell. Yes, and this is. Okay, so this is the weird part. There aren't a lot of canonical biblical passages that say this. Yeah. But there are a lot of non-canonical pieces that do say it. And it's in, like, the... In some in some trend, like versions of the Apostles' Creed, it's either he descended to the dead or he descended into hell. Yes. And so, like, that's in, like, our creed, too, that we say every Sunday. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's... Not that we don't know it, but it's just... It's not, not talked about. Yeah, we try to avoid it, apparently. Um, I think it's because it raises a lot of questions. Um, so, like, because Jesus is essentially raising an army of zombies in hell <laughs> to fight Satan and Hades and a couple other, like, demons. And this is where Michael comes in. Uh, Michael yes. brings all the archangels, brings the angels with him to hell. Oh, great. I love Michael. <laughs> He's such a not-problematic person. Yeah. And so, they're all down there, and Hades and Satan are, like, having basic... What I can only describe, I think, is a lover's spat. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Because they're just... Because Satan's like, alright, like, this is happening. What are we going to do? And Hades is like, what do you mean, we're, what are we going to do? We're going to avoid this situation, or we're going to surrender, because they're going to take us. Yes. Like... Art, like, Michael and his army of angels is coming down for us, man. Yes. <laughs> We're not escaping this one. Yeah. But Satan's pretty sure they are, and so Hades is like, all right, like, you can go take your army and do whatever you want. I'm going to stay here. <laughs> Which works out pretty well for Hades. Yes. In a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like... Hades um, gets out pretty easy in this situation. Yes, he does. By far. I yeah. feel like he has the <laughs> easiest. Because I would also like someone to sit down and maybe, like, look through all the canonical and non-canonical pieces of literature on the Christian faith and make a goddamn flowchart <laughs> of how the hierarchy of hell works. Because I'm constantly, ex- like, confused. I feel like the I feel like the hierarchy shifts. A lot. Constantly, I feel like. Because, yeah. like, you have Hades, you have the Angel of Death, you have Satan, you have Beelzebub, you have the Archdemon. Like, look, I love you, but if you could just decide how the fuck you're going to work, I'd be eternally grateful. Yeah. And so the angels come down, and Michael is, like, banging at the door, and Satan, good old Satan, is just like, who is it? <laughs> and then Michael's obviously like, Michael, you know who I am, you little shit. Like, 
we played polo together when we were kids. And then yeah. Lucifer's just like, hmm, I don't know, Michael. And then he bangs at the door again. And again, Satan's just like, with it. <laughs> and again, Michael's like, you know who I am. I'm sorry. Like, we don't want any Girl Scout cookies. Like, And like, he's playing... He's playing really dumb, and Hades is just sitting there like, please, just, just don't bring Jesus down here. Don't let them in. Like, this is bad. Like, maybe we should just hear him out, and hopefully we can just, like, trick them into leaving. <laughs> <laughs> but they do none of those things. Nope, because Michael bangs at the door again. And once again, Satan's like, who is it? <laughs> and Michael's like, that's it. And he breaks down the door. <laughs> yep. It's... Beautiful. I love it. It's a good old family dispute. <laughs> when is this not a family dispute? Yeah. And so, and so Jesus comes and they like, I don't know how I get, I think they essentially hogtie Satan. Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> yeah. And then Hades is there and he's like, um, I would like to state for the record that I told Satan this was a bad idea. <laughs> and Jesus is like, okay, that's fair. Like, you did do that, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to eternally babysit <laughs> Satan. Make sure he stays tied up, though, or I'm coming for you. And I feel like Hades is just like, fine. It's what I do anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, this way at least he'll be less feisty. And then they go off to bake cookies, and by they, I mean just Hades. Satan has to stay where he is, and he gets no cookies. Yeah. Meanwhile, Jesus brings essentially his zombies up with him yeah. in paradise. Yep. Um, and so he brings a couple, and there's this weird little paragraph where they're debating about whether or not they're actually going to let Adam back into paradise. Because <laughs> <laughs> Michael doesn't want him to. Yes. Um, but Enoch and God and Jesus are like, mm, no, he, he, he's done his time, Michael. It's okay. Yeah. He, he can come back. And... Yeah. <laughs> it's I mean, this weird little point. Well, I, I mean, it, I think it goes back to the fact that Michael is the angel that is in charge of guarding Eden. Yeah. So, like, obviously he's going to have some problems with Adam and Eve. Yeah. I also feel like it's trash that they let Adam back in and not Eve, like... Well, I mean, it never really says... Eve's not mentioned at all in this, so, like, you... So, he, they might have let her in. I mean, hopefully. Like, I feel like she got the bad end of that stick. Yeah. I think so. And only because she was a woman. Yeah. And so... And at this point, and Joseph is still, like, retelling all of this to the rabbis at the synagogue. Yeah. And they're just like, all right, you can just leave now, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how, what, how to deal with this, so you can just leave. And so they, so Joseph and Nicodemus leave at this point. And the rabbis are like, okay, what are we going to do about this situation? And then they come up with the perfect solution. They send Pilate to Caesar. Because <laughs> they're like, maybe we can pin all this on Pilate, and then we'll just be fine. <laughs> yeah, we'll be fine. We'll get a new governor. It'll be fine. Yeah. It does not end up fine. No, Caesar's not having any of this. 
So he... He executes Pilot, first of all. Even yes. though he admits Pilot doesn't do, didn't do anything wrong. Other than, like, be corrupted by the Jewish people. Yes. Um, and apparently that's grounds for execution. Well, yeah, you're not serving the Emperor, you're serving the people, and that's a no-no. Always, yes. look, kids, pro <laughs> tip, if you're ever in an absolutist monarchy, always serve the monarch, never serve the people. And so Pilate and his wife gets executed, and, but Caesar doesn't stop there, because Caesar's like, all right, he's like, I'm tired of dealing with these Jewish people, and he signs a document, he signs, he makes a decree saying that um, they're going to go arrest all the, everyone who identifies as Jewish in the Jerusalem area. <laughs> so, the entire city of Jerusalem minus the Romans? I, I think that's what he's getting at, um... And then it's, yeah, and then it does say that when the Sicurii arrived in the east, Lysanias um, carried out its terrible instructions and destroyed the entire Jewish nation, and those who were left in Judea scattered. So, at this point, it's 72 AD, they destroy Jerusalem, and the diaspora happens. Yeah. And then, and then, oh, and then it's after that that they execute Pilate, which I'm not sure how old Pilate is at this point. Yeah. Like, at this point, Caesar's just taunting, like, what's got to be an 80-, 90-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So, essentially, Caesar is dealing with a 30-year-old problem. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Which is a little more understandable than why at this point he's probably like, you know what, I'm done with this issue. Yes. And he just kills everyone involved. <laughs> yep. That seems fair. Yeah. Because he's Caesar, so. Why not? He can do what he wants. Exactly. Um, and yeah, so that's pretty much the entire Gospel of Nicodemus. So Bartholomew or, um, Judas next? Um, how long have we been talking? Um, just about an hour. Okay. Um, so, do Bartholomew. Lovely. I feel like Judas could really be its own, its own thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Um, so the Gospel of Bartholomew, it's another, it's another passion story, but I'm not entirely sure where it fits into the passion. Yeah, okay. Um, I think it's also taking place during these, during, um, Jesus' trip into hell. I love it. Um, and, but it's also, but it's like, it's like the physical story itself. I think it's taking place during that 40 days before Jesus ascends into heaven, though. Because Jesus okay. is there with Bartholomew. And, I don't know, Jesus is tired of them asking about what he did. <laughs> and so fair. he takes them to hell. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And they get um, Belier out. And he's and they're all, they're all pretty scared to go talk to Belier because he's a demon. Yeah. He's one of the devils. And so Jesus is like, no, if you go stand on him, he'll answer your question. And he makes Bartholomew do it, because Bartholomew's been the one who's most insistent on Jesus answering these questions. Oh, and so okay. he's like, Bartholomew, you get to go stand on Belier and make him answer these questions. And, like, Belier is massive. Like, it says he's, like, 1,600 yards long by, like, 40 yards wide. He has wings, and his face is lightning, and his eyes are like sparks of fire. And yet, this <laughs> puny little human can stand on him. 
incapacitate yep. his existence. Yep. Love it. And so Belier starts talking about Satanael, who becomes Satan. Okay, so... The it, fallen angels, and he's talking basically about the family, that whole family dynamic. <laughs> who doesn't love the whole family dynamic? Yeah, and so, and because we find out at, towards the end that Belier is also Satan... Apparently. This is very confusing. It is really confusing. Okay. Um, so, also, this is a Gnostic gospel, isn't it? Yes. Which makes it even weirder. Yes. <laughs> so it's not like a normal Nicene kind of... No. <laughs> like, gospels are split into two groups, Nicene and Gnostic, normally. There are a yep. couple of others that you can go out into, but... Um, Nicene, not all Nicene Gospels are canon, but the four Gospels are all Nicene Gospels. Gnostic Gospels are not canon by any means, and they are all weird as shit. Yeah, this is a prime example. Because <laughs> we learned Satan apparently eats angels for, like, breakfast. But he's also, like, he is also Lucifer. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he is an angel. Yeah. But he's also Belier, so he's also a demon. Uh-huh. And he's God's first angel. He's created from a handful of fire, which might have been God's first mistake in making angels, because apparently he forged them from fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, depending on the account you look at, the the four archangels are God's four, four first creations. Some say that Michael is the eldest, some say that Lucifer is the eldest, some say that Michael and Lucifer come out of the same first ball of fire... However you want to look at it, the the fact of the matter is that Michael has always been God's favorite, and yeah. Lucifer has always been virently upset about that. <laughs> yeah. And then there's Gabriel, Uriel, Raphael, and Nathaniel. And so Uriel is the get stuff done, Nathaniel's the like, okay, let's talk about this. Let's think about this. Um, and Gabriel's just like the cute little kid that we all love. Yeah. That's, and he gets to do all the, like, fun missions. Yeah, he's God's messenger angel, so, like, he gets to go out and talk to everyone. Mm -hmm. and, he's the one, and he's the one who kind of brings that kind of good name to angels that yes. I feel like the others don't. Like, he is the baby of the family. He gets the most attention from Dad. He's, yeah. He's, yeah. He's just the best. Yeah, and so, and so he's talking about the creation of angels and how there's, like, 6,000 other angels, like, just kind of floating around, and apparently they're all in charge of, like, certain groups of angels. Yes. And they use those groups. Instead of doing, like, God's work, like was intended, mm -hmm. they use them to pick fights with each other. <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and, um, Satan gets, Lucifer gets jealous when God's like, okay, like, Michael, can you go do this for me, please? Michael, can you go do this for me, please? And Lucifer's like, I'm not having any more of this. So he betrays the father. <laughs> yeah. And, and uses his his angel army to wage war. Yes. And is is this within the like time period of the eternality of the creation story? Yes. Okay. So is this where he's thrown out of heaven? Yeah. And then he goes down into hell, and then 
Um, and then Bartholomew, and then so to like match it up, like I'm still not entirely. I still can't really figure out why this is considered a passion story. I don't know either, but it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, and like it's it's meant it's intended to be a passion story, but you never actually get back to the passion of the Christ. Yeah, mm, um, weird. It's just basically, and then, because it just kind of sums it up with, yeah, and then, like, you know, all of this happened, and then, like, we kind of picked another fight during the three days I was gone. I love it. <laughs> Don't you love it? It's and, the like, best. And, like, that's basically how it, like, ties back into the, into the passion. Because then I'm just like, yeah, and then, you know, we picked another fight. And that's where I was for three days. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That seems fair. <laughs> so, um... Is at this point that I think we're going to end or start wrapping up? Yeah, it's probably a good idea. So, I mean, what have we what have we learned from today? Um, there's a lot of different accounts of what happened. Yes. Some um, are a little bit less weird than others. Yeah. But all in general are weird. Yeah, cuz this is just this is a really weird time in history. Yes. We've learned that Jesus Christ is a sass bucket. Yes. Has quite the temper. Yeah. Um, secret, secretly hates Peter. <laughs> Is also secretly boning Peter, apparently. Yeah. Um, and then Nicodemus is there, and with Joseph and Arimathea, they're apparently buds with, like, Pilate and the Romans, even though they get forced to do all this bad stuff. Yep, and they're also best friends with Mary. Yeah. Creating this, like, weird triumvirate <laughs> of, like, best friends. Also, we need, we should have a comic strip about Mary, Mother of God, um, Joseph of Arimathea, and Nicodemus doing fun things in paradise. I love it. <laughs> so, yeah. Be on the lookout for that. Yes. So, um, thank you for listening to us. Um, enjoy some heresy, and please don't tell your pastor about us. Have a good day! Bye! <laughs>